Welcome to episode 140 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Bilo, and I am extremely grateful that you have chosen to share some of your time and energy with me. This episode is a blog cast, meaning that it's a solo podcast with the full transcript, or at least the parts that I decide not to ad lib, posted on my website. The thoughts I share here aren't new. They have been bouncing around in my head for years in true introvert style, but they've bounced around long enough that it was time to share. And maybe you've had that experience too, where it's like, it's got to get out. And this episode has to do with growth and success and how we define those two things. I started The Introvert Entrepreneur back in 2010 with two intentions. One was to spread a message of introvert pride of ownership. In other words, we're proud of who we are. We aren't broken. We're not weak. We don't need to be fixed. There's not something wrong with us just because we're introverts. In fact, we have inherent strengths to tap into and inherent challenges, but we want to address them in our own style. And two, we can be who we are and be successful as business owners, even in the face of extrovert expectations that can make us feel as if we can't be successful. My book subtitle sums it up perfectly. This is a space for introverts to amplify their strengths and create success on their own terms. My book also spends its time outlining how that's possible how we can network without totally depleting ourselves, how we can sell without feeling icky, how we can partner with others in a thoughtful way that doesn't compromise who we are. There's a chapter on business expansion, but it's focused mostly on how to tell when it's time to grow, how to thoughtfully add people to your venture, especially as an introvert, of course, and how not to lose sight of what's most important. One thing that I didn't dive into that I wish I had was this idea of growth and growth for growth's sake, that we can so easily compare ourselves to others and think that we're not growing fast or big enough. We can feel like we're being left behind when we see social media posts, newsletters, and books all giving us easy steps to six figures, or how to get more customers and clients than you can handle, or how to automate everything so that we can go sit on a beach somewhere and sip margaritas. What if we want to be successful, but we don't want all of that? It's a conversation I had this morning with a new acquaintance, and again in today's final meeting of the fall virtual book group, and it's a conversation that I've had with multiple clients over the years. And on top of all of that, I've had the conversation a lot with myself. And that conversation is about growth and empire building and finding your own sweet spot. It comes back to something I did talk about in the book, and that's defining success for yourself. I've noticed for a long time, um, ever since I worked in the nonprofit world, that I have a resistance to empire. (laughs) If I meet someone who I feel like is that empire building type person, I get really turned off. Um, I find myself kind of avoiding them. And it didn't matter if someone wanted influence over multiple departments, or if it was just that someone felt like they had to gobble up every conceivable opportunity opportunity and have every piece of pie available to them. 
it's something that just kind of pushed my buttons. <laughs> and it's long taken a while for me to reflect on that and say, what is it that bothers me so much about people that I perceive to be empire builders? And when I talk about empire building, what I'm thinking about is it's like a far-reaching enterprise, something that maybe even extends beyond the initial mission or purpose of whatever that organization or that that person's business is. And it's one that sometimes has the potential to suck the air out of the room for everyone else that's in that space. And they don't leave much room for other people. It's like somebody's playing the game of Monopoly with you, but they're scooping up all of the properties on the board, whether or not they really need them. And I know that's the point of Monopoly. (laughs) That's what the word means. But I've never been one to believe that I needed to own everything, that I needed to be the dominant player in a space. And where my buttons get pushed is when I start making up a story that if I don't want all of the properties on the Monopoly board, that I risk being seen as small or being seen as not ambitious. And there's no reason for me to think those things, except when I fall into comparison mode. I also fall into assumption mode, assuming that because someone advertises how to build a six-figure business, they must be making six figures, and it must make them happy. Assuming that bigger is always better. Assuming that if I'm not executing every single idea that my brain comes up with, or everything that is possible, that I'm not living up to my full potential. And it's that last one that gets me the most sometimes. And sometimes I, I think social media has definitely exacerbated this because we, we get all of these messages um, from entrepreneurs, from colleagues, from friends, from whomever, that you know, if you're not doing everything you can, if you're not working at a thousand percent, then you're not playing big. And it's that gap between desire and capacity that gets me. I realized when I was in graduate school, in a flash of insight that was way wiser than my years, that just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. And so in this case, you might have the capacity to build an empire, but just because you can doesn't mean you should. What I find is that I and my clients who express that same tension are ambitious and smart and want to change the world. We also notice that we want a life. We want flexibility. We want freedom. After rapid growth in the first two years, the introvert entrepreneur has more or less stayed the same scope and scale for the past four years. I reach more people, that's for sure, but from a bottom line perspective, I've held pretty steady. And I'm okay with that. I believe more in sustainability and living in alignment with my values than in getting bigger and adding more zeros to my balance sheet. Those things don't necessarily reflect my values. They might reflect someone else's, and that is perfectly fine. I'm only speaking for myself and inviting you to think about this for yourself. And even as I say all of that, I realize that I can set things up as an either-or. Either be sustainable or add more zeros. Either be aligned or get bigger. And in reality, it's not an either-or. It absolutely has the potential to be a both-and situation. But finding that both-and takes time and lots of discernment. And for me, it's going to manifest not because I set out with an intention to grow and get bigger, but because I lead with the intention to be aligned, 
to be sustainable. And I lead with my own definition of success, releasing what I see others doing and letting go of the compulsion to compare and contrast my growth and progress with theirs. I wish I could share my definition of success with you here. It's not what it was six and a half years ago when I started The Introvert Entrepreneur, and it's not even the same as it was a year ago. I'm still working on, and it feels like sometimes it's a work in progress, exactly what my definition of success is. One reason I'm glad I don't have an empire, that I have a hotel or two and maybe a railroad on the Monopoly board, is that I value freedom. An empire isn't easily changed or adapted to fit the unexpected. The past few months have brought a lot of unexpected developments into my life, and I feel a fresh wind blowing through that's going to bring some change. It's not a question of if, but when. And if I had built an empire, I'd feel trapped. I'm not trying to dismiss or denigrate those who choose to build large businesses. If that is your thing, then go for it. I think it's super awesome. (laughs) And in some ways, I envy those that feel that drive. I'm simply acknowledging and inviting us to consider that having a small business doesn't mean that you are small. You can be small in scale and scope, but mighty in reach and influence. There's still a lot of consideration to be given to this topic, and I don't have any bottom line answers for you or for myself. So for now, I'll leave us both with these three parting thoughts. One, it's okay if you're not an empire builder. Followers, subscribers, likes, and dollars aren't the only ways to define success, nor is having lots of services and products or being in lots of different markets. I'm reminded of an image I shared on Facebook a few years ago that said, it's okay to want a normal life. So I share that sentiment here and remind us all, it's okay to want a normal business. Whatever type or size of business feels good to you is going to be good for the world. Number two, take the time right now before you set your goals for 2017 to define success for yourself. During my new coaching client discovery process that each client goes through before beginning our work together, I ask them to define success in multiple areas. Those areas include clients and customers, finances and resources, time, energy, lifestyle, personal development, professional development, being of service, and that great catch-all other, (laughs) other places that you want to define success for yourself. So think about what is most important to you and how you might define success in different areas of your life, and then align yourself with that definition as you make choices. And my third point is to remember this from Theodore Roosevelt, who said, comparison is the thief of joy. When you engage in constant or even sporadic comparison, you are robbing yourself of the joy that's already there. Joy is not to be found where the grass is greener. As another saying goes, the grass is always greener where you water it. Focus on watering your own grass rather than feeling envy about someone else's patch of lawn. A business with a thousand clients and 20 employees and a million followers and a new offering every week of the year might be exactly the right fit for someone's business. If so, more power to them. But if I don't choose that for my business, that doesn't make me, if you don't choose it, it doesn't make you unambitious or average or small. 
You don't have to feel shame or guilt or worried that you're letting fear get in the way. Just because you don't want to work 100 hours a week doesn't mean that you're afraid or not cut out to be an entrepreneur. And don't let pseudo-motivational statements such as go big or go back to bed shame you into feeling like your hard work and commitment isn't enough. Whenever you give your best, whatever your best is in that moment in time is enough. I'll close this blog cast with a quote from Cheryl Strayed, author of Wild. I'm paraphrasing here because I don't want this episode to be dinged for offensive language. I'll include the real quote, still sanitized a little bit, on the webpage for this episode. Cheryl wrote in a book that followed Wild called Tiny Beautiful Things, Advice on Love and Life from Dear Sugar. She said, the best thing you can possibly do with your life is to tackle the heck out of it. A friend texted me that quote earlier this week, and I was both attracted and repelled by it. I totally get the message to live life to its fullest, to give it everything you've got. But then the pressure of that statement threatens to suffocate me, and it makes me just want to crawl back under the covers and stay there until God decides my time on this earth is done. Maybe the best thing I can do with my life is to live it as authentically, peacefully, and lovingly as I possibly can. Maybe it's to live it as closely aligned with my strengths and gifts as I possibly can. Maybe it's to love others as much as I possibly can. Maybe it's to discover my truth and speak it as often as possible. And now that I say all of that, I realize there's really no maybe about it. Here's the bottom line, the truth. The best thing I can possibly do with my life without a doubt is to live it authentically, peacefully, and truthfully to live it aligned with my strengths and gifts, to love others, and to discover my truth and speak it. What's the best thing you can possibly do with your life? Think about it, and then live it. This is Beth Bilo of The Introvert Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for listening. And until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job.